This is the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Sunday, November 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Rich Brimshaw, here to practice the art, the craft, and the sport of podcasting. And of course, it is so good to be here with you doing my daily workout to build my podcasting chops, preparing for my ultimate destiny, doing my podcasting push-ups, my, my podcasting cardio. I'm developing my style, you know, doing those things that are going to make me a better podcast host, preparing me for that ultimate destiny so that one day, someday, something good's going to happen. I don't know what it is. And I don't know when. I just know this is important and I'm doing it. That's it. It's a matter of faith. About a week ago, I read a post from the blog of Matthew Dix about how another person can make you feel better simply by making you think differently about yourself. I think that's what it was about. That post was about his assistant basketball coach from his youth. And it was a pretty compelling story. I enjoyed it. Two days ago, he had a post that was similar, but it was about how he, as a teacher, is able to help his students be better just by giving encouraging, positive comments. And it's worth reading here, so naturally we're going to read it here. And this is from Matthew Dick's blog from November 19th. After writing about the impact my assistant basketball coach had on me last week, I heard from many, many people with similar stories. A teacher told a student that she had excellent handwriting, and suddenly that student started writing more. A swimming coach said a boy was faster than he thought, and then the boy swam faster. A high school math teacher told a student that she was college material, and two days later this student ventured into the guidance office for the very first time. Naturally, I was very happy to hear these and many other stories. I'm a big fan of talking to students persistently and incessantly, because here's the thing. You need to keep talking because you never know what will stick. Years ago, my principal, Plato Carafalis, came to me in May, and he informed me that a fourth-grade student who was becoming unmanageable in another teacher's classroom was being moved into my class, and as a side, Matthew teaches fifth grade. The principal said, he's going to be your student next year, so get to know him a little early. (laughs) I didn't love the idea, but it made some sense. Plant the troubled student amidst students a full year older than him for the last month of school, and maybe something good will rub off. At the very least, he'll probably be better behaved in a new classroom with a new teacher than he was at the present moment. This decision by itself was impressive. I'm sure it went against a million policies and procedures and was probably done without informing the administration because great leaders do what needs to be done, even if it means breaking the rules from time to time. So for the next month, I tried like hell to reach this kid and make him understand the importance of focusing his life, working harder, making every day count. I talked. I cajoled, I told stories, I asked questions, I listened, I glared, I browbeat. I tried everything. Then one afternoon near the end of the school year, as I was trying to make this student understand the importance of returning to school in the fall with a more positive attitude, I looked across my classroom and saw one of my female students. She, too, had been a hellraiser in previous grades. I had heard stories about her for years 
She had been like an angry tsunami roaring through the school, wiping out everything in her path. But fifth grade had been a turning point for her. Somehow, some way, she had turned her life around and become one of my most successful students. So in desperation, I called her over to my desk. Listen, I said, I'm trying to get this kid to turn his life around. You turned your life around. Tell him how you did it. Now, I didn't expect much, but I just couldn't believe what she said, which was, on the first day of school, Mr. Dick said that he had heard about me and how I behaved, but he said he didn't care. He said I was a perfect student in his eyes, and as long as I worked hard and treated people kindly, I would always be perfect in his eyes. So I decided to be perfect. I was stunned. But here's the thing. I have no recollection of ever saying those words. I don't doubt that I said them, or some variation of them, because I talk to kids all the time, incessantly, persistently, endlessly, because you never know what will stick. Those weren't words of wisdom. They were just part of a numbers game. Say a lot. Keep saying it. Hope for the best. I suspect that about 2% of what I say to kids ultimately sticks, which means I need to talk a hell of a lot in order to get enough to stick. That, quote, perfect student, unquote, came back to visit last year. She's in college now, but during the pandemic, her school closed for a while. So one day after school, she came by with her boyfriend to say hello. I remembered her, of course. When I called out her name, she elbowed her boyfriend and said, See, I told you he'd remember me. <laughs> a couple of my current students at the time knew her, too. I had already told stories about her, lots of them, in fact. And she couldn't believe that I was still talking about her more than a decade later. She cried. So did I. I'm not the best teacher in the world. Many of my colleagues design far better lessons than me. Many of them deliver those lessons with far greater precision and proficiency than I do. Most work harder than me and are far more professional than me. The thing I do well is talk. I tell stories. I give advice. I offer wisdom. I cajole and joke and browbeat, and urge, and share. I talk all the time. Sometimes something sticks. It's an important thing for all of us who work with kids, or who are raising kids, to remember. Talk, and talk, and talk. Listen, too, of course, but say a lot of stuff. An assistant basketball coach said a few things to me a long time ago, and I played my best basketball ever. More importantly, I came to understand the value in telling kids that you believe in them. He'll never know how well those words stuck. And I'll never know how well most of my words stick. But I'll keep talking, hoping that some will. That again is from the blog of Matthew Dix. You can find that at matthewdix.com. That, that was a post from just a few days ago, November the 19th. And it's just so true. You never know what effect your words will have. What, what effect your actions will have. Just treating people with decency, having hope that they're going to be okay, and, and acknowledging their strong points goes a long way. It's a great lesson, and I'm happy to share it with you. I've got a bonus for you today. I want you to think about this next thing and how it applies to your life. I went to the bookstore, and I asked the guy at the counter where the self-help section was, and he said, if I tell you, that would defeat the purpose. <laughs> I 
can't argue with that, and I didn't. So I went and found it myself. And that's all for today. Let's wrap it up in this brown paper bag that I got at the liquor store today, and then we'll stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.